Hi, I'm Phil. And I'm Shane. And this is episode 29 of My Tech Opinion. On this episode, we're talking to Annalise Gann about her experiences in the modeling world and how technology is influencing her work. So let's get started now. Welcome to My Tech Opinion, episode 29. My name is Phil Edwards, and I'm in Melbourne, and I'm joined by my regular co-host in Perth, Shane Johnston. G'day, Shane. How are you? Hey, Phil. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Now, um, My Tech Opinion is a program or a podcast that looks at, uh, takes a deep dive at a feature topic every episode, and it won't always just be the two of us. Where possible, we'll also have guests join us and lend their expertise and knowledge to help us unpack our topic. Today is one of those days. On today's episode, we have with us uh, model Annalise Gann. G'day, Annalise. Thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> That's right. Thanks for be- becoming part of the program. Just before we get underway, just a reminder to everyone that My Tech Opinion is brought to you by Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting. For great hosting plans and support, visit athwebhosting.com.au. Now, Shane, before we get stuck into it, this is a bit of a different episode for us from a number of different ways. But the first one is... Uh, for those who may have been looking for the video version, we've decided to trial an audio-only podcast. Well, people always said that I had a face for radio, so perhaps it's a good idea. Yeah, so uh, we're, we're doing an audio-only version. We'll ca- still have a few tidbits on our YouTube page, but um, most of you listen to us on audio anyway. So if you're listening to us on the podcast, nothing really has changed, but we're doing pure audio, and hopefully we can get things turned over a bit quicker for you as well. So uh should be all good. Now, um, we might as well get stuck into us, uh, Annalise. Uh, and even Shane, I invited Annalise onto the program a, a, a while ago, a couple of weeks ago, and um, I think you, even Annalise, said, why would you invite me onto a tech program? Yeah, that I did. Right? <laughs> uh, and I think Shane even asked the same question. So um, the thing that I – the reason why I sort of went down there and, and said I think this would be an interesting discussion is that um, – that I've noticed that, you know, with people in your industry and in the modeling world, that uh, social media in particular has is a big part of what you're doing and how you put your name out there and how you get jobs. Does that sound about right? Oh, for sure, because social media is everything now. Um, it really does play a massive part in booking work, Um, you know, because it's essentially, it's all marketing. So if you market yourself correctly and you do it right, then, (laughs) then you become very successful. So, yeah. So, um, with your, um, your particular profile on your management agencies, they, for all of your, you know, and your colleagues as well, you have your social media numbers in terms of your followers on there. And is there, is there an expectation as getting jobs that you promote the product through your channels as well um i think yeah these days there is so when we book a job if we have a large following usually the client books us like majorly for that reason uh and then of course they'll want a post about their their label or their business on our page as well so um yeah it plays a huge part of my job for sure um so yeah, so there is an expectation in what your um in terms of using your profile as well. Do you you also do like social media promotions for part of businesses as part of what you're doing in terms of your income and things like that? Yeah, so I'm a social media influencer. So um I am paid to promote products, promote businesses, um essentially, you know, do a marketing post about products that I love. Um, and yeah, that plays a big part of my income. Is the social media influencer part of it 
as a like does it, has that become as part of building your profile or are they working together or you know I, I don't the whole social media influencer thing I'm not an influencer I can tell you that I'd like to think I am but then <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> my, five, my five followers go, yeah, I don't care what you do. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, so I guess, you know, so your question was how, like how do I – sorry, what was your question? I didn't so, know. So it was more like – but was, does the – like obviously the, the profile through the modelling does your – you know, it promotes your social media profile and then that in turn helps you be an influencer. Like but mm. do you – do they go hand in hand? Do you like? Do you, is that just another strand of the business? If that makes sense, or you know, does it? Yeah, I, I get, yeah. I'm just interested to know the whole influencer environment because, yes, as I said, I'm, I'm Shane and I are definitely not influencers. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I guess they do go hand in hand. Um. Because you know, once you start in the modeling industry, um. Regardless if you have, you know, a thousand or a hundred thousand followers, um, companies will start sending you things because we're models and people want us to wear their stuff. So that's, yeah, I guess they, it goes hand in hand. But it's funny because social media has actually become more of my job than modeling. It's kind of done a, a turn and it used to be the other way around. So it's really interesting um, how it can become and like that. Do you find is it? And is it lucrative or is it does yeah. it, it grows? It's a lucrative business to get into definitely, but you, you kind of have to be careful with who you work with, you know, because you don't want your page to look like a spam page of marketing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if, if, you, if you plan it right, you can definitely, you know, it's definitely a lucrative thing to get into. Uh, but, yeah, like – and and so, but you're talking about you know who you get involved with. There are like management agencies are, are doing things, but there's like uh, Jules Lund has a a business that's you know around pushing products to influencers to create a you know a synergy type thing. Yeah. Are we seeing more businesses being legitimate businesses getting into that market, or you know are there still shysters around who are trying to do something for this you know to just be dodgy or you know. Are we seeing it become more professional, I suppose, or is there still a lot of dodgy operators out there? Oh, it's, it's definitely very professional. I mean, my first influencer job was when I had a 1,000 followers. I got paid, I think, $45 yep. for a post. <laughs> so that's where I started. And, um, yeah, so – and then, you know, of course, you, you're going to get dodgy people in this business because people want to just, you know, take advantage, I guess, sometimes – so you've got to be careful of those people. But, um, you know, most businesses now, big companies as well, like I work with some really big clients and they all use influencers. It's it's a huge role in, you know, their marketing success. And we then look at it from your own perspective. You and your friend Amelia Stubbs have created the – because you are a plus size model in the in the industry definition of that, yeah. um, you have created the Curvy Confidence Company, yeah, um, and that's looking at body positivity um, as a promotional tool. Do you how do you, do you push like is that a is that purely a like a public servicey type thing, or you're looking at supporting brands that you know do that sort of thing as well like that are looking at body positive whether it be clothing or you know have an ethos that supports that type of thing as well how does that fit into that whole social media world yeah so curvy confidence co started as a passion project um we're really like body positive and we're really passionate about helping others feel better about themselves so that's why we essentially started it um but yeah everything that we've done on social media for ccc has really elevated um, our workflow for Curvy Confidence Co. And it's a huge driving force, you know, for why we get the work that we do. So for Curvy Confidence Co., it's very important that we, you know, use Instagram and we use our website and um, we promote through all channels and even our own. So, yeah, it's been cool. Good. Yeah. That's good. Um, what are the downsides 
from, you know, utilizing the social media, whether it be through the body, the Kirby Confidence Co., your own personal site mm. in the business world? Like, do you find that from a personal perspective, do you find that you have to be on all the time or do you yeah. just take, take time where you take away from it or how do, how do you manage that from a personal perspective? Yeah, it's interesting because once you grow and grow and grow your profile, you kind of lose reality a bit because you're someone online and then you, you have to take a step back and be like, well, this is actually me in real life because you spend all day on your phone and all day promoting who you are. Um, and sometimes it feels a bit strange. So, you know, I got a bit caught up with that last year and I, I took time away. And um, this year I haven't really posted that much, to be honest, on Instagram. I, I used to post every day and now I post maybe twice a week. So I think it's having that balance. Um, another downside is the hate that you get. I've been called like every name in the book. So people always write to me and they're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. So you go like a thick skin, but it still hurts sometimes. Um, and I guess, yeah, you always have to be on. I always have to have my phone on me if someone wants to do, you know, a job or, you know, it's it's very – it can be draining. But as long as you have that balance and say, well, I'm off on weekends, you know, so it's just, you know – Removing yourself a bit. Do you, from a, t- you have to have your phone on you. Do you walk around with like spare batteries to, to charge your phone up when you need to and things like that? So you always <laughs> have an active phone? Yeah, yeah I actually, <laughs> I have a portable charger that, you know, I, I kind of bring around. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, I guess, if it's, you know, if you like, a f- like a few hours they can wait for me to respond. <laughs> Can't be prompt all the time. <laughs> and obviously we're not asking you to tell us what they are if you do, but do you like keep a personal sort of Instagram as opposed to your brand Instagram or Facebook and things like that? Do you do you have that separation or you just go, oh, stuff it, I'm just following one channel, that's about the easiest I can do type thing? <laughs> now, how, do you, how do you manage your social media use? Yeah. You know, like, do you have one that is a fret purely real friends or do you, you know, does that make sense? Like, do yeah. you try and keep a, a, a different persona or mm. is it just, I can't be bothered dealing with it and it's there? <laughs> um, I don't have a personal Instagram. So I just have my business one. And then I have a business Facebook page, which has like, I don't know, 20,000 followers or something. And then my and then I have a personal Facebook but I had to change my name because <laughs> I got hundreds of requests and I was like I can't <laughs> I can't um handle this anymore so yeah you you like kind of get used to that people trying to add you all the time and but yeah I have a personal Facebook that's good so you talked about the trolls and how do you manage that? Do you do a – have you just learned to have a thick skin and try and avoid it? You said it does still, you know, hurt at times. Yeah. What, what, how, how, do you, how do you manage that aspect? Because, yeah. you know, I, I, in my limited world, I've had one or two people who make a comment or whatever it is and I just sort of like, oh, okay, deal with it. Yeah. But I can imagine you would get bombarded with that sort of thing quite regularly. Yeah, I think – um, you know, I've been modeling for a long time since I was 16. Um, so I'm used to being in the public eye and I'm used to people like haters, I guess. So I'm very used to it by now. So for me, it shows that I'm doing something right. Like if I don't get any hate for a week, I'm like, am I not like doing my job properly? <laughs> I'm like, excuse me, can someone write to me? You know, like, no, nah, but yeah, I, I guess like, I just think, oh, you know, they're having a bad day. I, I don't take it personal anymore because, you know, it can really bring you down. you just got to be the bigger person, I guess. The other side of it is, so they're, they're the comments. Do you – I'm not. I'm talking for myself and I'm assuming, Shane, you're the, the same uh, over there, but uh, I don't understand the fascination that some men have with sending photos of their penis to people. <laughs> Do you cop that? Do you just block them? Like, not necessarily that in particular, but how do you deal with that aspect of it, of the weird male um, Mm. psyche that seems to exist? (laughs) Uh, I love men. I think they're so beautiful, you know, and they don't. (laughs) It's like sometimes I think, why didn't you think before you said that? (laughs) But, you know, I think um, I don't actually get that that much. 
So I don't get that. Yeah, I actually don't. They send me like pictures of flowers. They send me like I love you, you know, really cute things. But I don't get dick pics actually. Oh, I'm I'm oh. glad to hear it. To be perfectly honest. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what else was I going to ask you? Was there anything that you had questions, Shane? Yeah, the only um, sort of direction or questions I had I wanted to ask was the modelling. We kind of established that the, the modelling and the influencer thing is is a kind of a separate part of of what you do. Um, but it's obviously safe to say that the modeling was kind of the thing that kind of kickstarted it. If you um, didn't get into the modeling, is it safe to say that you probably wouldn't have been discovered as a, as an influencer? Oh, for sure. Yeah. My, my whole profile is built upon modeling. So I, I probably wouldn't be in the public eye if I wasn't doing this, you know, I wouldn't be on Instagram. I'd actually happily not be on Instagram or on Facebook if I had the, if I could go back maybe. But yeah, I think, um, yeah, if I wasn't modeling, I definitely wouldn't be an influencer. Okay. So um, I noticed that you're originally from um, WA, from Bunbury. Yeah. Um, <laughs> almost kind of my neck of the woods. I actually live um, really? in the Mandra area and I was, <laughs> I was in your part oh. of the, I was in your hometown the other day. Um oh. Nice. Were you did the did the influencer stuff and uh, and kind of when your modelling kind of kicked off, did you have to move to to Melbourne in order for that to happen, or do you think, especially nowadays, um, do you think you yeah. could probably have a successful career, um, staying in a in a smaller location like a you know Perth or Bunbury? If I um if I could do influencing from Bunbury, well, well I guess the question is is that um did you what what prompted the move to go from say WA to to Victoria? Was it just work related? Oh, yeah. And um, if you had that time over again, especially how the social media is kind of taken off now, do you think yeah. you still would have needed to make the move, or do you think you could have actually been as successful and stay stay in Perth or stay in Bunbury? Well, I think you know I moved from Bunbury to Perth, and then I had opportunity in Sydney to model. So I took that contract and um, went to Sydney when I was 19 Um, and then the influencing started and, you know, it really was quite good. And then um, I actually moved to Melbourne four months ago um, because I signed with a new agency here, so that's why I'm here. Um, But, yeah, you know, like I think regardless, I don't think I would have stayed in Bunbury um, because, you know, I was chasing my dreams and everything. So... Yeah, I think um, you can – but the, the beauty of influencing is you can do it from anywhere in the world. But modelling, you know, I have to be in a certain place at a certain time. So that's why I'm in Melbourne for now. Do you – like you, you've you've been – you've I think you're in Sydney and then you, you're in Melbourne now. Do you um, – are you intending – like do you want to do more work overseas? Do you want to – move back to Perth eventually? What what are your plans in terms of that that jet-setting lifestyle, we'll call it, which you probably yeah. get sick of sitting on a plane? <laughs> yeah, I used to travel all the time, um, but now not so much, which is all right. But I think, you know, if anything, I'd have my sights set on Europe. Um, I have a lot of interest in Germany to go and work there. So I might go there, you know, in the next few years. But you know, at the end of the day, I'd love to move back to Perth one day because um, that's where I'm from. You know, my family's there. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. But probably overseas soon, yeah. And is there, the, is there a particular market in, in plus-size modelling that is more, you know, like we're, we've obviously seen more acceptance and, um, you know, increased coverage whether it be in mainstream media and things like that in australia is there somewhere like germany or or even america or somewhere that you that it's not there's not really a distinction you just book jobs on your on your merit or yeah um so there's definitely more work um overseas in in europe um australia has such a small market so actually a lot of girls move to europe or america and they try and make it over there um, but yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess there's way more work over there. So 
I th- I think it would be a good opportunity if I could if I could get there. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And uh, I don't know if there was anything else I was going to ask. Shane, was there anything that you wanted to to throw on there? Um, no, the, the only other question that I had to ask, or that I wanted to ask, was um, especially kind of with the the product kind of involvement in your Instagram sites and all your social media sites. I guess it's not like um, an ad on TV where you know you kind of yeah where those kind of infomercials and and towards the end of the news, but they have to kind of stipulate this is an ad or I'm you know, I'm promoting this product. I guess with in your line of work, it's kind of more obvious that, you know, anything that is within the Instagram photo or the social media photo, it's it's what you're actually promoting. Yeah. Uh, well, and I'll add to that. So is the – is there when they when you're provided a product that you know, that you're going to be using as a as an influencer? Is there do they stipulate how you actually use that in your posts, or is it to create a natural um, look? I think you were doing something with HelloFresh or something like that the other day. I probably got the brand name wrong. But, yeah, no, that's right. Um, yeah. Do they sort of say you need to do this and this and this, or do you just go? Oh, I'll just use it the way I normally would. No, yeah, there's there's usually for every brand that you work with, um, most of the time they'll send you a brief and, you know, in the document it will say, um, you know, position the product like this, um, preferably, you know, this background, um, preferably, you know, looking like this. So it's actually not, you know, as simple as everyone thinks. Um, it is like a mini photo shoot every time you kind of have a product that you're promoting. Um, so... Yeah, yep. usually there's um a, like a protocol to follow. Great. Yeah, I don't know if I asked this question before, and I'm and obviously not asking exact dollars, but is it lucrative, <laughs> or is it just? It depends what you, you know, think like, about lucrative. Like, what's your? Like it, it pays the bills, I suppose. Um. Or partially. Yeah, I mean, it depends how much work I have in the in the year. Um, but it's like modeling, it comes and goes. So, you know, it's good money, but yeah, I'm, like the people at the top are making a lot, but people- It's not, you're not like a Kendall Jenner's making millions type thing. Yeah, like <laughs> exactly. I think, you know, we make like 100,000 followers. I won't say the exact amount, but it's pretty good. Like oh, good. I don't have to go to a job. Yeah, fair enough. Like so, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. All right. Well, what we might do is we might finish it up there. Um, Annalise, thank you very much for joining us. Now, I'll give your links and things like that. So, you've got curvyconfidenceco.com, which is your Curvy Confidence Co. website, of course, and then your Instagram page, which is at Annalise Scan, A double N A L I E S. E-G-A-N-N, and we'll have the links in our show notes as well. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you very much for joining us on the show. No worries. Thanks for having me. And excellent. And uh, thanks for the chat. And uh, we um, look forward to potentially even speaking to you again in the future. But good luck with everything in the uh, influencing world and, of course, uh, the modeling world as well as you progress through your career. Thank you. Hey. Thank you for joining us Thanks, on Annalise. My Tech Opinion. Thanks, and we'll take a break and we'll be back straight after this. And welcome back to My Tech Opinion. We just had Annalise Scan on as our guest. And Shane, uh, certainly I had no idea about the influencing world and what it is in the background. So it was good to hear a little bit of an insight into that. Yeah, it was good. And um, I mean, obviously Annalise works in the in the modeling world but um you can get influencers in in any industry i mean tech influencers would be people like leo laporte would be probably um considered as a as an influencer someone like an i justine although she kind of yeah is a model as well she would also be someone who's a who's an influencer um yeah then you've got actors and what and other sort of celebrities they would be influencers as well so yeah they're from all different walks of life Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and it's just that uh, it's that weird phenomenon of being paid, um, and and I 
don't have an issue with it, but being paid to promote a product on a social media channel, which is, you know, it shows how quickly that platform develops, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, one of the things that I, I forgot to ask Annalise is whether there was some sort of, whether there's products or services that she would kind of draw the line at and say, look, no, I'm not promoting that for whatever reason. Um I, I will I will find out if we can get a, a postscript as we we continue talking, um, and uh, so yes, so we'll we'll continue we'll we'll get an answer back for that just as a bit of a postscript on the on the show. Um, what else has been happening in your world, Shane? Um, what's been happening work wise? Um, it's picking up and looking good. I've been out and about there. They've got me. We're rolling out. Um, iPads and a product called WebEx Teams for all our support workers in, in our kind of remote sites. So um, I've been out and about and visiting different sites down south. That's why I said in the interview that I was in her part of the her, in her hometown the other day because I was down down south doing some training. Um, so yes, yeah, so it works going well. Uh, what else happened? I was listening to the end of. Um, uh, Aussie Techers uh, the other day. Yes. And um, now they have, as you know, they kind of do a live thing on Facebook and um, towards the end of the kind of the show they do a bit of a recap to catch up on questions and whatnot. And I um, can't remember the guy's name, but there was a, actually there was a couple of people there that kind of commented on the on on our podcast and specifically there was one guy that only just listened to the interview that we did with Glenn and you know gave us gave us props for it so that was good awesome that's good so we'll we'll uh you can if you haven't heard that have a look at the podcast feed or, or our YouTube page and you can listen to or watch us crap on with Glenn um us crapping on Glenn providing extraordinarily good comment content I should say I shouldn't say that Glenn was crapping on but uh yeah so have a look at that on um um, my Tech Opinion, visit prosumerit.com forward slash MTO. So all good stuff. Now, the other thing, um, Shane, was the other thing that's been happening in my world, not a lot to be perfectly honest, but um, I downloaded, uh, so Apple have, with their privacy um, pushes, have allowed people to download all the information that Apple has on them. And I had a look at now. Let me have a look and see what I can find. They have anything like they they show what you can do, but it's all your activity at the Apple, um, the Apple Store, um, as well as um, uh, in terms of whether you buy stuff online for your devices or at the Apple Retail Store and things like that. And scarily, it has every cent that I've spent with them. Oh, wow. So it tells me that in the past 10 years, I have spent, and this is not fully correct, this is only on the online store, I should, I, I think, that I have spent $5,585, no, uh, $6,143 on their Apple store, on the online store. And on the App Store alone in the past 10 years, I've spent $2,618. And then you've probably bought stuff in the physical store, so you're averaging yeah. about 1000 bucks a year. Yeah, well, um, and they also, so the, the they don't summarize it, but the retail store, they've sent me a PDF of every purchase that I've made that's been linked to my account. So, um, in, which is, you know, things like, because I can tell you what is not on there, which might be this one. We'll have a look. Um, I just pulled up a random one, January 22nd, 2009, and I purchased an Apple TV, which was the old Apple TV, mind you. Um, um a power joint, joint, a power jolt, coiled cable. Weird, but there, yeah, iMac purchases and everything on there. So it shows how much information and all devices that are registered against your account. Um, oh, what's that one? Sign in information. It tells me when I last signed in. 
it's freaky. Like then, and they're not necessarily using that for other things, but it's just, um, yeah, it, it has, uh, oh, hang on. What's this one? This will be an interesting one. Uh, Apple music likes and dislikes Apple music play. Oh my God, this is a freaky. So, um, have you got a combined account with your wife or is it just your stuff? No, no, no. We have a family account. Okay, so that some of that stuff could be obviously influenced by by your wife then. Oh, possibly. And I'd have to have a look at it through though. But um, it has. Uh, so since I've been using Apple Music, so there's a 27 megabyte file. Let's scroll right down to the bottom. So according to this, is that. Since I've been using Apple Music, I have listened to 66,594 songs. Hmm. Not individual songs, but you know, I may have played something, you know, a couple of times or something like that. I noticed that there's a lot of, I use uh, some, there's some sleep music on there. And uh, so that it shows that. There's a bit of ACDC, Thunderstruck, Foo Fighters. Um what else is there? Yeah, it's got every song I've listened to and when I listen to it on Apple Music. All right. That's horrific. So if we were influencers or if you were an influencer, you probably wouldn't have had to pay for half of that stuff. Well, true. <laughs> yeah. Apple. I don't know how well Apple do with influencers. It's an interesting one. Say so someone like an iJustine. Um, I mean, she's walking around at the moment with all the latest iPhones. She made a comment in one of the videos where um, she said something about her credit card taking a hit. And I remember thinking straight away, I'm thinking, your credit card didn't take a hit for that. <laughs> well, it depends, though. Like, I know we've we've talked to Adam Turner in particular, and, we've, and I've spoken to, um, not on the show, but I've spoken to Trevor Long in the past, and they will... They will send out review units, but then they will ask for them back. Yeah. So it depends on the company. So I think, well, Adam Turner was telling us, so for their things like the Google speakers and the Amazon speakers, they usually give that to them because they might add new features and you can continue to do reviews. But if it's a laptop or something, they'll ask for it back. Yeah. So, yeah, so they, there's some things that they, and I think Apple do ask for their devices back. I think Apple are pretty red hot on that. Yeah, pretty tight, yeah. I still want that, I, and I'm not good enough for it, so that's fine, but I still would love to have that um, Phil Edwards uh, travel to, or the author travel to San Francisco uh, as a guest of Apple. You've been pumping that quite a bit in the last, oh, in the last week or so. I know. <laughs> it, would be, it would be ideal. But uh, I don't have the skill to to create content to warrant that. So there's that's two all things good. you want out of out of Apple. You want the byline, and you want a a, um, a monitor that looks like a, a a Mac. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I'd love to have a dual screen Mac, but they look that. But I'm but being aesthetic, that they look the same. Yeah, that's the key. Because I'm all about aesthetics, yeah. even though you know. Not that you can see it on the show, but uh, I had the Skype cam going before and Shane could see the couch that I normally sit on in our videos is sitting behind me and it's very messy. So this is the truth but why behind why we've actually now gone to audio only. It's not because of quality and all that kind of stuff. It's so you can keep your house in a mess. <laughs> yeah, well, the house is not a mess. My study is. Because uh, my wife and I went to the bank yesterday to uh, to ask for more money for our house. Yeah. Well, ask for money for a house, not more money, because we we hadn't asked them already. And um, uh, the because of the for those in Australia would have heard of the Banking Royal Commission, um, the banks and probably quite rightly too, but uh, have been asking for a lot more information uh, in terms of loans rather than just saying here have a lot of cash. And um, so yeah, so we were doing a big information collection process the other night. So I had to go through a lot of filing and and what have you to get, um, you know, weird superannuation statements and specific credit card notes and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, so it's uh, it was an interesting exercise, but you know, all good. 
Yeah, they're going to give us. They're going to give us a lot of money, and then I'll never pay it back. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I have to pay it back. Well, I guess I need somewhere to live. I guess with most people, when they move or yeah, get another house for one reason or another, they've got their existing house that they can kind of sell, whereas you guys aren't doing that. So you have to really get money from scratch. Yeah, so basically it's the bank is the, – the biggest thing is the bank have said, yeah, you can afford to pay it off. There's no problem there. What they need to establish now is that the what we're building fits within the valuation that they propose, if that makes sense. So um, they're going, well, we're going to lend you X amount of dollars and that the building that you're going to put on there will add value to justify us lending you that money. Yeah. So the fact that the house prices have gone up in this area in the last 15 years substantially um, helps us a lot because then we have equity in the property. But it, um, yeah, it's an interesting exercise nonetheless. But the banks are running a bit scared because of uh, that. what's happened in the Banking Royal Commission. So they want to ensure that you can afford um, you know, the, the services that you're signing up to. And I was quite happy to say that the amount that they said we could we could borrow uh, from a servicing perspective and what we are actually borrowing, we are substantially lower than what we could borrow, oh, right. if that makes sense. So, yeah, they said we could have another half a million dollars on top of what we want. And oh, we're okay. like, yeah, no, thank you. I don't want that much money. That is ridiculous. So it's revolting. Yeah. All we want is somewhere to live. We want a patch of dirt and all that sort of stuff. And I want a home theatre. Like, there's not much more to ask than a patch of dirt and a home theatre, is there really? No, no, I just want to. So hasn't your the value of your house dropped in the last year or so, though? I mean, over 15 years it's obviously gone up. In the last year or so um, it's dropped? Yeah, it's probably dropped 10%, but then it's gone up by 200%. Over 12 years. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm not fussed. But we're building a house that will actually be better placed to sell. So, yeah. I could go on to the discussions on real estate. I'm not a real estate expert. But we've got a, ha a small house now that's at the bottom end of the market. Yeah. And then we'd be building a house that'd be at the top end of the market. So, we're bypassing the middle end of the market where there's the glut. Ah, it's all good. All good. Anyway, that's not technology. That's talking about houses. Yes. Although, I mean, given the, the interview that we've just done and the weird connection between what Annalise was doing and technology, we could probably – the next one we should get in as a real estate agent. Well, yeah. In, well, you're right, though, because um, the local real estate agent in our area, because we were actually toying up whether we sold, they – and it, and it varies from state to state. So in New South Wales, I know that historically they've done what they call in-room auctions. So if you were doing auctions, you would sell it in, you know, like a function room on a Wednesday night. Um, Melbourne has historically been doing on-site auctions. So you stand out the front of the house and knock a hammer down in front of the property itself. Our real estate agent does in-room auctions, but they live broadcast the auctions on Facebook. Oh, right. And you, um, so yeah, so like when we the house across the road from us sold, we weren't interested in buying it, but we watched the auction on Facebook. Okay. So yeah, it was interesting. And the other side of it is, is that back going back, we'll say 15 years ago, even when I started looking for my current house, we were using realestate.com.au and domain heavily as a, as, as to find houses, but we were still going to the agents and then they were coming up with properties for us and things like that. But I used to have to print out the sheets of paper and put it in a folder so I could go around to each house, whereas because we didn't have the iPhone or smartphones readily available at the time. Um, whereas now, you know, you can you have everything on your smartphone and what have you and how has the role of an agent changed because of technology? Because you don't... You're not requiring the agent to find you a house so much anymore. It's about where you can use an agent is to market to the right person, but also um, the 
often you find good houses that you will get told about before they go on to realestate.com.au or go into the market. So it could actually be a good one to talk about, Shane. Mm. Anyway, I've just talked about half of it there anyway, but not with any professional expertise. One for the back burner. I know. We'll have to look at that. Um, I think, um, was there anything else that we wanted to, to cover off on today's episode? Um, um, did we want to talk about the Apple event coming up and any predictions or anything yeah, like that? Yeah, so um, as we're recording, the Apple event will be coming up on this week um, in New York. Um, the the short answer is, is that they're talking about new iPads, new MacBook laptops, and new Mac minis. Now, we obviously won't confirm that until they have the event, um, but uh, I'd like to think that uh, that we would um, have some of those devices. The the laptop, the low end laptop range for Apple is getting a bit long in the tooth, and, and Apple need to get their backside into gear. Um, iPad Pros, they probably want to differentiate them from their main iPad range a bit, which I think is smart. Um, and uh, the Mac Mini is sorely, sorely, sorely needed for an update. Um, it looks a bit archaic now. It's a bit big, and the Intel NUX from a power and processing and and, and size um, proposition have completely blown the Mac Mini out of the water, whereas the Mac Mini was the first, like, mini PC that was on the market, and um, and Intel in particular, and, um, and you know, third-party manufacturers have just completely bypassed them in that world, so they need to do something special there. Yeah, and... Um I mean, the the rumours have kind of already started. I think there's rumours that the, what well, especially with the iPads, I think they're staying, one of them is going to be the same overall size, but they're increasing the size of the screen. Um, I don't know if it's the 10 or the 12. Yeah, it'd be, I don't know what size screens, because this is an interesting one. So the, the iPhone XR came out, um, in the last couple of days as we're recording, um, that has an LCD screen in it. And the thing with the LCD screen is that you can't bend them. So that those little curved edges you get on certain phones, and particularly the new iPhones and some of the Samsungs, are down to the fact that they're using OLED screens. Okay. Could they, to get that, and, and as a result, the XR has the LED screen, but it also has a black border around it. It doesn't have edge-to-edge screens. Um, which you don't notice so much when the phone's in a dark mode, but when you have a big vibrant thing on the screen, you can see the difference. The So would they go to an OLED for an iPad Pro? Is, is there cost-effective OLEDs in that screen size? Because we know that the OLEDs that the iPhones are using cost a fair whack, and you know by having them doing an iPhone XR, which is a bigger phone than the XS, but not as big as the XS Max. But essentially all of the same guts, but a single lens camera, they're offering it for a few hundred dollars cheaper than an XS. Yeah. So do they, you know, is that where they're, they're heading? And, um, but, you know, I have no idea, to be perfectly honest. Who makes the um, their screens, both the LCDs and the OLEDs? Uh, well, I don't know who makes their LCDs. I think they share that around, but unless they've bought an, uh, I think LG they were helping LG build a factory, but Samsung was basically the supplier of their OLEDs. Yeah, that's who um, Google have got in the Pixel Three is Samsung. Yeah, well, Samsung I think was the only company providing mass manufacturing mobile device OLEDs. And Apple were funding, I think, LG to to build a facility to try and create some competitiveness in the market so that they could start reducing the costs. Uh, okay. So, yeah, it doesn't help when you've only got one supplier doing that sort of thing. No. The other thing that um, the iPads are supposed to be getting is Face ID and all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. I Face ID for an iPad, I think, will be okay. I mean, I think they'll bring Face ID in if they're going to get rid of the home button on the front. Yep. Um, I don't think you need it so much. In But I reckon that the laptops and even the desktops, they're screaming out for Face ID. Like, 
having Face ID on, on your desktop or a laptop computer is just a no-brainer. Like, I'd be bringing that in as quickly as possible. See, the um, I mean, admittedly, it probably doesn't, it's probably not as as good, but conceptually, it's the same thing. Windows has got um, that hello thing, and I reckon you could probably count the amount of people in the world that use that on, on one hand. And when hello is when you say what you, how does it work? The when facial recognition thing. Oh, yeah. Was it, has it been broke? Has it been, um, Compromised? Has it been compromised with photos and stuff? I, I'm I'm not talking it down. I just know that when Samsung were doing face facial recognition stuff, it was you hold something up in front of a webcam and it tricked it. Yeah, I don't think it's as foolproof as, say, the Face ID is on the Apple side of things. Because um, like, with Face ID, you can even tell whether the person's alive or dead, can't it? Yeah, I think it can, it can do a pretty good job of that. Yeah, so I think... I vaguely remember hearing, I don't know if it was the Samsung thing or the Windows thing, that basically they got, someone got a, a picture of somebody and then put it on like a balloon so it had that kind of, you know, the curved look of a head. Yes. And, yeah, it fooled it. Yeah, and I think the the because the, the original one that Samsung were using, and I don't know if this is the same with the Windows, is it uses the webcam to get the image. Yeah. Whereas the Apple version has a like a IR array that it spits out, um, and you and it sort of does that three D recognition of it. So, you know, um, I reckon Windows Hello, if there was the you know those IR sensors that are independent of the webcam, could make it work really well. So, yeah, I know that it'll be, it'll be interesting. I know that it only works with. Um yeah, webcams of a certain quality. So, you know, if you had like an I don't know, an old Dell laptop that would run Windows ten but it's got a crappy webcam on it, it'll say that you know you can't use this feature. Hmm. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Mm. Um Quick note, um, we talked about it at the start of this little segment, but after we spoke to Annalise, we said, Is there any products that she doesn't promote or won't promote? And she said, yes, many. I've been offered lots of things, and if uh, I feel it doesn't align, she won't promote it. Oh, okay. So there's no specific instances that she's mentioned there, but the short answer is yes, she will knock stuff back. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, she's got more. Yes. We don't, but she does. Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll promote anything that we're paid to promote. No, I'm joking. I wouldn't promote anything. Um, so, yeah, so there you go. Just a side note on that. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll have a bit of a report back on our next episode what the event brings us. So um, we're getting we're getting back up to date with getting regular outlows done um, uh, podcast out because uh, I've been a bit slack Shane with work and other things of getting things done in a timely manner. But we're going to get these uploaded nice and quick from now on. Okay, all right. You've heard him, everybody. We we are we committing to like a two week turnaround or week turnaround? No, no, no. Um, couple of days. Oh, okay, couple of days. Couple of days. Beautiful. It's all good, mate. And so we might take a. Sorry, go on. Anyone under thirty won't get that reference, but anyway. No, not at all. We might take a very quick break, and we'll come back and say goodbye on this episode of My Tech Opinion. We'll be with you in a sec. Yeah, welcome back to my tech opinion. It's time for us to say goodbye on this episode twenty nine. So it was an uh, interesting thanks for being part of it. Was something different. We're just mixing it up because um, there's a, a we can only talk about the Raspberry Pi like so many times. I still haven't actually set mine up yet. Oh come on, Shane! It's looking at me now. I mean, the lights on come and everything, on. but I I've got it going as in like I could probably log into it, but um, I haven't actually installed that stuff where I wanted to monitor the network because I don't really know. And you might be able to answer this. If I – because one of my ports, I can mirror the WAN port. Now, if I connect it to that, which is actually a a LAN port, what IP address is it going to get? Is it going to get an IP address from the range that comes out of that LAN port or is it going to get a different IP address because it's mirroring the WAN side? So does it actually get the WAN's IP address? Uh, I, I don't know. 
You're asking me questions I can't answer. Um, I have no idea. And the reason why I have no idea is not because um, I have no idea. I probably could find out for you very quickly. Um, I can't, because uh, I use a different system. So my system actually collects data itself rather than using a Raspberry Pi. So, well, it does use a Raspberry Pi, but it uses its own software. So um, that I could not answer. But we can find out. So what router are you using, Shane? Uh, Draytech. Oh, good old Draytech. So if anyone has uh, a Draytech modem, uh, modem router or router, uh, and you know the answer to that, send us an email. And um, we can we can get schooled. Um, uh, uh, my take opinion at prosumerit.com. We would love to hear about your experiences with the Draytech doing all the network monitoring. We'll get out someone else to answer it for us. I think. Cool. And I'll have a look as well, and we'll 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 see if we can put some collective minds together and get that answered for you. Right. Sounds like a plan. Or I could just Excellent. hook it up and see which way it works. Yeah. Just break everything. Yeah. You know, Shane will just drop out and then we go, oh, I hooked it up and I broke. Yeah. I want to actually reconfigure my network, but I just don't, you know, you want a day where you can do that in case it all goes pear shapes and. And, and have, make sure you've got all your backups. Yeah. Of all your configs so that if it all goes to crap, you can just reinstall the backup and get it going again. Yeah. Shane, until our episode number 30, which, so 31, because I think this is. No, this is no, 29. Episode, this is 29. So episode 30, which we haven't decided our topic yet. What do we want to talk about in that next episode? Is there anything that pressing that we want to, we want to hit on? Um, nothing leaps out. I know last time we said that we were going to put like a list of stuff together. So we, yeah, weeks ahead of what was going on. I know. Wherefore, I've I've been. I have been. Even though I may not have added anything into a list, I have been going think through things in my head. So, um, you know, I talk to myself a lot. So, um, that's the uh, that's the take out of that. And uh, I don't agree on anything. I think that's my problem. But um, we will come up with a topic. Make sure you stay tuned to our podcast feed, and you'll see the next episode number thirty. Um, yes, thirty episodes. Who would have thought? of my tech opinion. So, uh, but what we'd also like you to do is in uh, your favorite podcast store or podcast uh, app, make sure you leave a review. Any review gets us uh, up the list a bit and get us, gets us more listeners, which we always appreciate. Absolutely. Remember also ATH web hosting, Aussie tech heads web hosting, um, for great hosting plans and support. They are a very good sponsor of our program, athwebhosting.com.au. Thanks to Glenn for getting that sorted for us. So we really appreciate the support of those guys and you should support them too. That's it for episode number 29 of My Tick Opinion. Our next episode will uh, be on the pod, which is, I shouldn't say on the pod because it sounds weird. Um, It'll be a podcast very soon, and we'll have another very exciting installment that we'll research heavily for your listening and oral, not oral, oral enjoyment. <laughs> That's it for my tech opinion. Thanks very much, Shane. Appreciate it. All right. No worries. Have a good one, everyone. We'll see you next time on My Tech Opinion. My Tech Opinion is brought to you by Phil Edwards and Shane Johnston. To find out more about the program, visit our website, prosumerit.com forward slash MTO. Or if you'd like to hear past episodes, open up your favorite podcast app and search for My Tech Opinion.